over, let's turn it over and over, over, let's turn it over and Pyro doesn't know Yosef, they built Pitom and then Ramses Yocheved becomes Amram's wife, they float Moshe to save his life Grows up in the palace, Paro's son Has a fight, heads to Midian Back to Egypt, bring the plagues Paint your doorposts, you are saved Over, over, let's turn it over and over Over, let's turn it over and They find their backs against the sea Egyptians will not let them be God shows up, goes to town, the water split, Egyptians drown. Head to Sinai, finally free, Moshe's all like BRB. People get impatient, start to fuss, they build a cow, oh speak to us. God forgives them and moves on, they start to build the Mishkan. They find out what the Shemitah's for and what to do with an ox that gores. This week's Parsha is Shmot, and is the first Parsha in the new book of Sefer Shmot. And I hope that everybody enjoyed the new theme song written by Jonah Hassenfeld, who just keeps coming up with incredible new songs. And that was all of Sefer Shmot represented in one song that I just absolutely love and could listen to over and over again. Oh, see what I did there? But going forward, we're only going to take snippets out of it, just like we had done with Safer Bereshit. Without any further ado, Safer Shmote introduces the perhaps most famous story in all of our tradition, the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim, the story of the exodus from Egypt that is so often told in various forms, but especially, of course, during the Pesach Seder. But before there can be a Yitziat Mitzrayim, there has to be the Avdut, the slavery in Mitzrayim, in Egypt. And that begins in this week's Parsha. And to hear a fuller version of the story of Parsha Shmot, you can go back and listen to last year's telling, which is linked in the description below. But as I was listening to last year's Parsha, I realized that for the sake of time, I had to quickly gloss over two very important moments in this week's Parsha that I think helped to establish the character of Moshe, who, as we know, starting in this week's Parsha, is going to be the main character for the rest of the Torah, all the way for the next four books of the Torah. It's all about Moshe. And when we first meet Moshe, it's as a newborn baby, born to a certain Levite woman and a certain Levite man, who our tradition later explains to us are Yochevet and Amram. Now, famously, Yochevet places Moshe in a basket in order to save him from the decree of the Pharaoh, who had determined that all Israelite baby boys would be killed on the birth stool. And so in order to save him, Yochevet places him in the basket and sends him down the Nile River, accompanied by his big sister, Miriam. Now, as the story goes, the basket ends up in the possession of the Bat Pharaoh, the daughter of Pharaoh, 
who finds this baby and is wondering what a random baby is doing in a basket. And so Miriam pipes in and says, um, excuse me, I actually know that baby's mother. Now, it's obvious to Bat Faro that this baby is not Egyptian and is instead an Israelite born to Israelite slaves, but she is very brave and she goes against her father's wishes and she allows the Israelite baby to be nursed by his mother, but raised by her. And so for a certain amount of time, however long it takes for a baby to be nursed, Moshe was actually raised with his parents, with his family, until the time finally came that he got too old to live there, at which time he returned to his adopted mother, Bat Faro, who officially gave him his name, Moshe. Now, what exactly happened and for how long it happened that Moshe lived with his parents is not known, but it does seem obvious that Moshe has some understanding that he is connected to the Israelites in a way that's different from all the other Egyptians that are around him. This, of course, is different than the way that the movie like The Prince of Egypt would have us understand it, or even The Ten Commandments. But our sages would have us understand that Moshe was taught from an early age some Torah and some of the Midot, some of the Jewish values that were crucial to our culture and our people. Which is why, after Moshe grows up, the Torah says, when Moshe had grown up, he went out to his kinsfolk, Vayigdal Moshe Vayetze El Echav, that he went out to his achim, to his brothers and sisters who were slaves. And the use of that word indicates to us that Moshe actually felt a sympathy for these Egyptian slaves, even though he could pass as Egyptian somewhere inside because of his time spent with his mother and father as a small infant, Moshe knew that he was actually Israelite. And it says that he saw an Egyptian taskmaster beating one of his, and it uses the word again, Echav, one of his brothers of the house of Israel. And when that happened, he turned left and he turned right. And he saw that no one was around. And so he took matters into his own hands and he struck down the Egyptian taskmaster and then hid him in the sand. Now fast forward and the next day he sees two Israelites who were fighting and he comes to them and says, hey, 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 you two need to stop fighting. And one of them says to Moshe, why are you gonna kill me like you killed that Egyptian taskmaster? And this terrifies Moshe because it means that someone had seen it and would report him to the Pharaoh. Now, wait a minute. I thought that no one was around. Well, our sages explain that when Moshe looked this way and that way and saw nobody, it doesn't mean that no one was around. It really means that no one was helping, that everyone else was standing idly by as this poor, innocent Israelite slave was beaten by the violent and aggressive Egyptian taskmaster. And Moshe's looking around, seeing that nobody's going to do anything about it. And so he has to take matters into his own hands. Now, after this happens, Moshe runs away to Midian. 
And when he arrives in Midian, he comes upon another moment where innocent people are being tormented by more powerful people. He sees the daughters of Yitro, who have brought their flocks to the well, but are being driven away by the other stronger shepherds. Now, according to what happens right after this scene, it seems like this is a regular occurrence, that the daughters come to the well and are tortured or bullied by the other shepherds, probably because the way it was back then was that men were all stronger than these little girls, and so the men bullied the girls out of getting their water, and so the girls would have to wait a lot longer. But it says, Vayakom Moshe Vayoshian, that Moshe stands up and like the word Hoshia, to save, like God saves B'nai Israel, he saves these girls from their tormentors, standing up for the little guy again, in this case, the little girls. And so it becomes clear that Moshe's character is really developed not like a Midianite, not like an Egyptian, but like an Israelite. It says in Pirkei Avot, In a place where there are no other people doing the right thing, you should strive to do the right thing. Now, it doesn't mean that Moshe was all alone when he killed that Egyptian taskmaster. And it doesn't mean that Moshe was all alone when the daughters of Yitro were being bullied. What it means is that Moshe continuously sees victims of the oppressed and was raised in such a way by his parents and perhaps also by his adopted mother, Batfaro, to understand that it is his responsibility to be an Ish, to be a person when no other people are standing up. And perhaps it's for this reason that God chooses Moshe to be God's servant in the process of freeing B'nai Israel from Egypt. But that process isn't going to get started. Not until next week's podcast partial. Shabbat Shalom and welcome back to school everyone.